Hi, I'm Hilary Hess. You're listening to A Helping of Happiness. This podcast is for busy moms like me who have a full life and are constantly finding themselves in a balancing act. I definitely do not have it all together, but I hope that sharing the things that I have learned as a mom of seven kids and the things that you will hear from the guests that I have on will be things that will really inspire and help us all to be a little bit better and have give us all some fresh ideas and have a little bit of fun while we're at it. Hey, welcome to episode number 74. I feel like it's been a really long, busy week, and it has been. We just dropped off my oldest daughter at college this week and moved her into her dorm, and then we turned around and left and came back home without her. And it's gone against all of the mothering instincts that I have to leave her up there without us. But she is thriving. She loves it. She loves her roommate. She is just having the most wonderful time. So I'm trying really hard to be brave and to not cry. I cried for pretty, pretty ugly tears for about two hours on our way home and took a nap in the car. And then I've been super brave ever since. So hopefully I can hold it together and just remember what a wonderful experience she's having and that it will be okay and that I will survive without her in the house. So I don't know, so hard going through new changes in our parenting, right? So our guest today is Jen Vera. We had her on before. She has a great uh, Instagram account called Uplifting and she was on episode 64 and talked to us about living in Saudi Arabia as an American mom and her experience doing that. And this time, um, this is just a little clip that I took from that, that I reserved from that, and I wanted to play for you guys now. And it's all about adjusting our role as moms through our different kids' stages that we that we go through. So not necessarily just dropping off your kid at college. Maybe you're not going through that stage yet. But this might just be taking your kid from a 3-year-old to an 8-year-old to a 12-year-old or a teenager, just how we have to parent a little bit differently and kind of try to get away from trying to control our kids and giving them more independence and encouraging them in their own decision making. So she's got some really, really fabulous tips for us. So, and really quick before that we do that, if you're new here, welcome. And if you want to get to know us a little bit better and see more of what we're about, make sure you go follow us on social media at Helping of Happiness. Um, We're also at Helping of Happy on Twitter, but Helping of Happiness across all the other platforms. And uh, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss any of these other ones. And if you are really enjoying this, share us with your friends. It helps us to grow on our ratings, and it also helps us to make it so that more people can find us and that we are more attractive to future guests. So that would be so fabulous. And without any further ado, I can't wait for you to listen to Jen. What I found as a mom is a lot of times we have a hard time adjusting our role. You still are trying to influence them as if they were a Mm five-year-old. And the more you do that, the more they'll pull away from you. But because they need to, they can't be independent. They can't grow into their independent adulthood if you are continually inserting everything, Mm -hmm. what they should be doing, um, that, that what I found is as a mom, my role had to, um, evolve just like the child was evolving. And 
the if I wasn't able to do that, they would distance themselves from me. If I tried to parent when they were 12, like I did when they were five, they knew instinctually, I, I need some space. I need to be able to make decisions. And if I couldn't allow for that, they would create a distance uh, from me. That, that and also I found that judgment was the fastest way to shut down communication. Yeah. If I passed judgment about what they said, like, what were you thinking? How good? Why would you do that? I learned to instead say, like, like try not to let your jaw drop and just ask, well, how did that work out for, for you <laughs> and everybody? <laughs> when you're like, that is, I can't believe you guys did that. But other kids, it, their, if their parents passed a judgment on it, that was stupid. Why were you guys doing that? they would stop talking to their parents. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm just trying to keep this line of communication open. And so then the child could tell me it didn't work out so well. Like <laughs> there were some <laughs> bad things that happened, you know, from that. And, and you're just trying to be like, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I haven't seen that work out too well for people either, but try not to send any attack to the child. Mm -hmm. Just the situation of trying to help them come to their own realization of how did, how was that playing out? Was it working out well for them or their friend? Like drinking parties, things like that. So how did that, how was everyone, how were people doing, you know? And then the child can make their own judgment of, well, so-and-so did something he wished he hadn't done and now other people know he did do, or, um, you know, things, as the child begins to make that association, they start choosing, do I want that in mm -hmm. my life? Um, so it's helping guide the, the child through that instead of if you pass judgment, it ju I just found communication stopped because the child knows I don't want to hear you lecture me. So I'm not going to tell you. They're still going to go do things. But what changes is they stop telling you that yeah. it's happening. And helping let allowing my children to make decisions like my son bleached his hair came home wouldn't take his hoodie off like didn't want me to know and it looked horrible he looked, he looked horrible with that colored hair and he knew it um, but, but other things of letting them try things under my wing Yes. Because, uh, what I oh, because you would was, much rather have them make the mistake when you can help them correct it than when they're right. gone and off. Yeah. Right. And, and this is what I've seen. Other of their friends whose parents ruled with a more iron fist, as soon as they were able, they started, they kind of went crazy. Like every piercing, sleeping with every boy, like just crazy because they had not been allowed to make decisions. So as we can give them space to make decisions, it, it wasn't life-threatening, right? Uh, him doing that to his hair or even, you know, staying out too late or being certain places, things I would rather he hadn't done, but, but not, he, he didn't harm anyone and he didn't harm himself, but he learned certain things. I don't, I don't want that again. I'm not going to do that again because that didn't work out so well. Um, but if it had been my force that prevented him from ever doing that, he wouldn't have known for himself 
I don't want that in my life. So, so those, um, it, it's interesting of, of, of learning. It's hard as a mom because you've been so responsible. They, they wouldn't have survived if you hadn't yeah. been checking on everything and providing everything. But and sometimes I think it's hard in my role because I'm a different mom to every stage that I'm going through with my kids. Yes. You know, I have yes. a 17 year old and I'm not going to parent her the same way that I'm parenting my 12 year old or my two year old. Right. You know, so it's, I feel like I have like multiple personality disorders sometimes. It's, it's kind like, of true. You <laughs> it's are seven tricky. different moms. You know, it is. And they all have such a different experience, right? you know, because they're in a different place in the family, but and different I do think it's, it is. It's important to back off for sure once they get a little bit older. And sometimes you're just like, oh, I just hope they make the right decision because it's out of your control at a certain point. You know, you just yeah. have that faith that they're going to do what they should do. And if they don't, you just pray and <laughs> keep yeah. trying. So I think one thing that helps with that is let them make decisions as young as possible. Mm -hmm. Let them, their outfit might look stupid and one thing I've learned that you and I have talked about a little bit is to get my ego out of it mm -hmm. or my ego was driving what I wanted my child to do. I don't yeah. want them to look stupid because then I look like then, a bad right, parent. Right. I don't want them to not do well at this or I look like a bad parent. And the more my ego was driving it, the less I could make the best choice for my child. I love that. Do I want them to look all cute in this outfit so that it will reflect on me? Or do I genuinely, you know, am I trying to teach them style when they're three? Maybe not so much, yeah. you know? And, yeah. And that's, that's a choice a child can make. Certain choices are not safe. Which streets to cross without you, which, right. which adults, which other people to go with without your um, consent or um, without you knowing those are, life-threatening but wearing a ridiculous outfit is not life-threatening but it's a it's an opportunity for the child to make a choice mm -hmm. and the more they learn that you believe in their ability to make choices the better choices they begin to make or they are at least under your wing while they are making a choice that doesn't go well like they'll come home from school and everyone's laughing or right. and so you can help them know, well, to some people, this looks kind of funny, you know, but, <laughs> yes. but you, I mean, still to honor, honoring the child's choices. Um, yeah, I, I have a very strong willed one. Um, and I learned that trying to control her choices wasn't working for either of us, just mm -hmm. causing battle after battle after battle. Um, but that strong will served her very well in high school. Mm -hmm. And I had a wise mom say to me, um, don't try to break that strong will because the strong will children are less likely in high school to be influenced to drink, to um, pushed into having sex. Um, lot of things that they can't be pushed into because they have a strong sense of self. Um, but it almost kills you to raise one of those. Oh, as a mother, it's, it does. Exhausting. It's so hard. Exhausting. It is. It's like, am I guiding them at all? <laughs> right. 
just wonder, you know, have I completely lost the reins or we have a little bit of, you know, give and pull here. But yeah, I think that's so important. I often say there's a reason why my kids got more and more strong willed as they went along because my poor oldest ones had, you know, that are just naturally more compliant, had to learn the hard way through that. And I had to relax more as a mom in time for these more strong ones to come because we would it would have been a disaster if they would have been the the beginning we would have just been butting heads constantly fighting constantly yeah but now that I have to let go because it's sanity right whether you know it's just so good that they're further down the line and I have a little bit more experience and not as much worry that you know they're not doing exactly what I want them to do all the time well it's okay if they you know want to wear their shoes backwards and you know this crazy outfit then you know what that makes them happy that's great as long as they're fully clothed and yeah. <laughs> they're, they're you know dressed appropriately for the weather just we're good to go they'll be okay <laughs> yeah yeah it's well and and you'll see this even later in life i see parents even when their child like in college something we tend to do is overlay our agenda Mm-hmm. onto the child's life. Mm-hmm. So I've seen parents who are like, you cannot graduate in psychology. It's worthless. You right pushing them. You've got to go into something else. It's great to give your input. Mm-hmm. I've realized I, at that age, teenage and beyond, you become an advisor. Mm-hmm. You are not a controller. Mm-hmm. You are an advisor. And if you want to have any input, recognize that that is your role not the controller, mm-hmm. um, that you, the one thing I learned is you don't know what this child has come to do. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Your mission to, might be to be a psychiatrist. Yeah. You know that? Exactly. You don't know what will that lead them to. Mm-hmm. That is something they were meant to. If something's calling to them, um, don't try to, to squelch that completely because there's something in them that's calling them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've learned that with my kids that there really was something they were being drawn to, even though it didn't seem logical, didn't look like my plan for them. Um, but you don't know what, what that child has come to do and you need to give them some space to listen to their heart, to do what they feel is calling them, even if it, isn't typical or doesn't look great to other people Mm -hmm. um, to give them some space for that. Just wanted to take a quick minute and invite you to support us as Amazon affiliates. You don't have to do anything different that you would normally be doing as you're purchasing on Amazon, except for that you go to one of our links to jump there. So instead of typing amazon.com in your browser, you can link to it through our show notes or our homepage. And just for us providing that link, Amazon gives us a little kickback and it doesn't cost you any more or any less than what you would be spending anyway. You don't even have to purchase whatever it is that we're linking up to. And that helps us to fund our podcast. So we appreciate it so much if you would do that. Thanks. Now back to Jen. I was only able to have two kids and that was hard for me. We only had four pregnancies and I only had two live births out of those four pregnancies in almost 20 years of trying to have kids of, and um, something that I didn't learn until later years, we ended up 
having several, I have several adopteds, we call them. They're not legally adopted, but came into our lives at different times, stages in their life. But I knew when they came into our lives, these kids needed mothering. They, and they were in your home too. It wasn't they, like you just, all, you know, loved from afar. They were directly right. in your influence. Yeah. Yes. Two or three, three of the four lived, lived with us and some for quite extended times. Um, and they, most of them, all of them had difficult families. Um, some uh, quite a bit of dysfunction that they weren't they weren't hadn't been mothered they really hadn't been watched over or taken care of um but just something for mothers even when you might not be having the mothering experience you had planned on like i was from a big family and i actually really mourned that my daughter would never have a sister it was so hard for me because i have that blessing in my life and that my son would never have a brother it was hard for me to let go of that. But something I learned was um, when they were young and I, when I had the, the, when the fourth pregnancy ended and I did not have a baby, um, I, and was mourning this, uh, I felt a distinct impression, be the, you be the best mother you can be to the children you've been given and raise them in light and truth. But you are spending energy in the morning of, of this not being how you want it to be. That energy is being taken away from the mothering of the children that you have. And I've watched this. If there's been a mother who's lost a child, um, that sometimes the children living have lost part of their mom. Mm -hmm. um, and so, it's something that I would like mothers to know from the perspective 20 years later. Yeah. Looking back, I see that maybe if I'd had six kids, that there would not have been the energy or the financial resource to have taken in some of these kids that needed to come to me. Yeah. Um, who were the right, I was the right person to be the mothering um, influence for them and Two of those are, I still am. One of those boys, um, his physical mother died two years ago and she's younger than I am, but was, was sick all of his life, really not able to take care of him. Um, and and I've, I've realized this, uh, that, that that was part of the whole plan was that I would have the resources to be able to take these kids in at the stage of life they came into our lives. One was a senior in high school and he's a six four Tongan. And he <laughs> has said to me, I, I've asked God, why wasn't I born to you? Why wasn't I born to you? I, I needed this kind of a home. And he, he was raised with abuse, um, physical attack, sexual, um, and just a non-nurturing. Non there was no one available for him. And I said to him, well, the reason you weren't born to me is because it would have killed me to birth you. <laughs> he's, he's massive. <laughs> and I said to him, I think you, he has the biggest heart of anyone I know. And I said to him, I, I believe you were supposed to be born with a body that could enforce big love because he, he defends the underdog. He literally has stopped on the street 
when someone was attacking someone and he rolled down his window and said, you need to stop. You need to stop. The guy's like, what's it to you? And he gets out, stands up, <laughs> six four tongue. And he's like, you need to stop. And the guy's like, okay, dude. Okay. I'm backing up. Um, but, but just, I've watched him time after time. He was supposed to have this big body. Um, but just, it has been a sweet thing for me to give up some of that control of I want this many kids or I want to be a mother in this form and instead allow life to bring to me what was supposed to be happening, knowing who was supposed to, who was I supposed to intersect my life with, um, that leaving some of that control to a bigger uh, a force higher than me and an intelligence bigger than mine. Um, so just for mothers who feel like their life doesn't look like what they had hoped it would look like um, as a mother, that there, there might be, there's more going on than what you can see um, right now. So I did just want to, to mention that. Love it, Jen. That's such a great story. I love that. Isn't Jen the best? I She's just so full of wisdom. I love Jen. I could listen to her talk all day. I learn every time I talk with her. She's just so full of wonderfulness. So if you'd like to hear more from Jen, make sure that you go and look her up on Uplifting. Go follow her on Instagram, up.lift.ing on Instagram. She is just amazing. And she just gives me such a wonderful outlook on life. So just a reminder that if you would like to support us in our Amazon affiliate relationship, you need to head over just to our show notes or our webpage. And instead of filling in amazon.com in the browser, you can just click on our link and Amazon will give us a little kickback to thank us for sending you to them. And uh, if you are loving this, please tell a friend. We would love to help out your friends and give them something fun to listen to and something that's helpful. And if you haven't already, make sure that you take us up on our three weeks of free dinner fun. It's got menus and it's got all kinds of really fun activities that you can do with your family to get those conversations started. So you can find that if you go to our website, helpingofhappiness.com. It's just on our homepage. Just scroll past the post. The, we've got recipes, our podcast archives, homemaking hacks, travel tips, right under all of those fun things. We have a little newsletter form, so if you fill that out, it'll get sent straight to your email box, and you'll get lots of other free content every week from our email. So have a great, great day.